0: Oh, he's good. He's faithful. <laughs> Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Wow. Hey, before you take your seat, go ahead and give someone a an elbow and and go ahead and you can you can have a seat. Give an elbow, give a high five. Come on, welcome to Highlight Church, everyone. Let's celebrate. You made it to church this morning. So glad to have you. Hey, Pastor Chow, can you, um, can you take this, please? Thank you so much. Hey, um, we'd like to welcome you if you're joining us online, be it Facebook or YouTube or through our website. Thank you so much for getting up and getting some breakfast and being at church. We are so glad that you're with us. Come on, everyone. Let's welcome our online family. Wow. Wow, 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 wow. Well, um, I, I want to make a quick announcement before we get into week two of By Faith, and um, I know. Well, I don't have this as a slide, but I'm, I'm going to go ahead and announce it to use it as a segue. Um, today is Light Group uh, Light Group signups, and here at Highlight Church, we don't want you to do life alone. Um, we want you to find community and get plugged in. Uh, I, I've I've titled this the greatest Light Group semester, and highlight church history we have all kinds of groups we got um just 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 go ahead and shop we have men's groups and women and co-ed and uh, we even have a marriage group i know that that's um that marriage group is already full and and we have a, a b phase of it halfway through the semester i don't know if it's filled up yet but um i'm just you know we've added so many different groups this semester and so i suspect that out of all the groups as we head into the spring we're gonna have even more groups so don't do life alone. It's a part of God's plan for your life. We've said in the past that you may have the Holy Spirit in you, but you need a faith-filled church around you, and so um, sign up for groups, and And I, I believe that things are about to begin to stabilize a little bit more again. Um, we're going to get some more normalcy as we enter into stage three. I don't know where Montgomery County is, but I know the state is in stage three. We're always a couple weeks behind. But um, as things begin to stabilize in your life and, and get back to some normalcy, I think it's important that you have a plan to move forward, a plan to grow. And so with that, I want to I encourage you, if you're not a superhero or, or if you're not a part of this church, if you're not a participant in this church, we have Super Steps, October 4th and October 11th. These are the, the two steps that you take to learn about the culture and the values and the vision of Highlight Church. And um, light groups are great, but... How about it? You, you meet some new friends and you begin to serve with them and, and, and you begin to change the world together. And really, you, you begin really having the fun when you serve together. So I want to encourage you to sign up for Super Steps here October 4th and 11th at 2 p.m. We will provide some cereal and some water for it. No, we're going to have a full-blown lunch. Come on now. Come on. I, I, told y'all, I told y'all last week now, even if it's a bad joke, you got to be ready for it. <laughs> So, um, yeah, 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 2 p.m. We're going to have food ready, and and I'm telling you, we got some new superheroes in here right now, and uh, we're not going to have you stand up, but um, we have some new superheroes. Let's go ahead and acknowledge them in the room. Yes, so glad you're here. All right, let's go ahead and get into the word. I have a demon called a preaching clock in front of me, so... That's what us preachers call them, uh, demons. So they, they rush us because we, we like to talk so much. So let's go ahead and get into Hebrews chapter 11. This is the chapter, what they call the hall of faith, the hall of faith. Uh, the author is writing to a group of scattered Christians who are undergoing severe persecution, hard times. And he chooses to, to pause for a moment and write an entire chapter On men and women who have gone before us in their faith in God and uh, he gives you people like Abraham and Noah and Sarah Abraham's wife and uh, he gives you people like Enoch and Abel and he talks a little bit about Moses just a phenomenal chapter I want to encourage you that that's your homework this week it is just get into Hebrews 11 like I said before the series the Lord had me Spent about an hour and a half in Hebrews 11. And he said, each time you read it, just go slower, go slower. I want to build your faith in this season. And then the writer sums everything up that he said. We're going to start right here at verse 33. Hebrews 11, verse 33 says this. He said, by faith, these people overthrew kingdoms, ruled with justice. Yeah, yeah. And received what God had promised them by faith. They received what God had promised them. He says this here, they shut the mouths of lions, quenched the flames of fire, and escaped death by the edge of the sword. Their weaknesses was turned to strength. They became strong in battle and put whole armies to flight. Women received their loved ones back again from death. But, someone say but. But. All right, here it is. Others were tortured, refusing to turn from God in order to be set free. They placed their hope in a better life after the resurrection. It says this here, some were jeered at, and their backs were cut open with whips. Others were chained in prisons. Some died by stoning. Some were sawed in half. Whew. It's not always pretty following God. You no, know, that, that's not God's promise. As a matter of fact, Jesus promised, he said, you will have trouble in this world. So that, that, that's a tough promise right there. But with that, he promised peace. Right. So it's, it, there's a way to get through it. Set this here, salt in half, and others were killed with the sword. Some went about wearing skins of sheep and goats, destitute and oppressed and mistreated. They were too good for this world. Wandering, wandering, sorry, over deserts and mountains, hiding in caves and in holes in the ground. How many, how many of us know and, and, and believe that we have it pretty good in America? when it comes to our faith, we have, it, we have it extraordinarily good. God has been good to America, and I pray that his hand would never be removed. David said, pray for the peace of Israel. We got to continue to support Israel. Uh, we got to continue to get people in, in office that love Jesus. You need Let me just put this out here. You need to vote your values. Don't vote according to class. Vote your values. Vote your values. Look at everything on that ballot and vote according to your values, okay? And so we're not going to spend time on that, but we're going to go ahead and say this here, verse 39, all these people earned a good reputation because of their faith. They earned a good reputation with heaven and with God. I think, I think if you're going to build reputation, you got to build it with heaven because people, people love you one day and they hate you the next. People with you one day and they're not with you the next. A situation is good and it's bad the next. So you got to learn to value your reputation in heaven, yet none of them received all that God had promised. This is talking about Jesus. For God had something better in mind for us so that they would not reach perfection without us. So all of these people that he lists in Hebrews 11 are individuals who came before Jesus. And so the Bible is saying that God God was going to wait, was going to wait, you know, to send Jesus at the appropriate time so that we could enter into that promise that God had for mankind. So these individuals were saved by faith in God. It was like, it was like salvation uh, uh, via credit. They were saved on credit. When we came along, everything was already paid off. So, so Jesus was also their savior as well, and, and their salvation was also by faith, and, and we'll, we'll break that down here a little bit more so. All these people, we we read a little bit, and it says that they they overcame armies and and, and they received some of what God had promised, and then some were sawed in half, some were were beaten, some were killed, some were locked up. Um, um, They did a lot of great things by faith, but they also had to endure a lot of hard things by faith. And how many of us know that it takes great faith to go great lengths in our lives to achieve amazing things? But it also takes great faith to overcome the tough things in life. Essentially, your faith, here it is, go ahead and write this down. Your faith has to be grounded in something. Rather great or bad, your faith has to be grounded. and It has to find its footing. It has to find its, has to stand on something. That's what I'm saying. As as things begin to stabilize in your life, I'm glad that we're in church. And I think coming to church on a Sunday is 33% of what God has for your walk with Jesus. I think that next step is getting into community. Because when the church was born in Acts 2, they got into community. And so that's about 66% of the pie that God has for you. But then that same church that was born when the Holy Spirit descended, that same church served. And so that's why I said you got you to find a local church to serve because as things began to come, in, come into, you know, a stabilization again in, in the natural realm, God is going to move you forward spiritually. And so their faith had to stand on something, achieving such great things and going through such bad things. And I believe, and, and this is what we're going to deal with today, I believe that their faith stood on two things. Number one, go ahead and write this down, God's love. Their faith was grounded in God's love. I remember when I, I met my wife, um, well, really, before, you know, before you meet someone, you catch their eyes a few times. And I don't know if I caught her eyes or she caught my eyes, but um, we, we caught eyes. And uh, it was in Barnes & Noble, uh, East Colonial Drive, Orlando, Florida. She was studying for her NCLEX. I was studying for MCAT to apply to medical school. And um, we saw each other a few times, and um, I knew she was digging me. So we uh, <laughs> I'm just just lighten it up a little bit. And um, so, yeah, essentially one day the, the entire store was full. I mean, this Barnes & Noble had a downstairs and upstairs and every chair in the entire store was taken up. And, and so, um, you know, you know, I had my Bibles and my commentaries and I had my medical book. So uh, no reason why anyone would want to sit next to me. And he's the Bible guy. And obviously, you know, he's. And so there was only one chair left at my table and she came up. And um, she she said, uh, you know, it's full in here, and can I sit with you, blase, blase. And I said, something so corny and so lame. And what did I say? You can have all the room that you want or something like that. <laughs> you can, Why did I? You can take up all the space in the world. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh. Because you don't understand. Like, I'm i am so, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I don't say stuff. I don't do stuff like that. So it's just, oh, uh, uh, uh. Like. <laughs> Even before Jesus in the club, I used to find a corner and hide from everyone. You know, I didn't dance. I didn't do anything. Just like, uh, I'm ready to go. Don't like being around people. Anyway, so, yeah, I said that she sat down. And as the rest you know is history. We were friends and we got married. Um, when I met her, I came to find out that she had a two-year-old son. His name was Jay Zio. Right now, Jay is 11. He'll be 12 next month. And, and so you just, you met this kid and he was full of energy and he was funny and he laughed all the time so easy to fall in love with him so when we got married it was very easy to make the decision to go ahead and conceive our next child and so i would say within what two and a half months we conceived judah all right this is not me or more this is not a relationship series okay it's not not a so we conceived judah quickly and and we didn't waste time essentially thanks for completing everything i'm trying to say this is 9 a.m i gotta work the kinks out and uh we had a kid real real quick real quick and the reason you you have kids most people the reason you have them is because you want to raise them you want to spend time with them you want to love them you want to care with them you want to be with them and simply put god when god created us he created us because he wanted to be with us he he created us because he wanted to create something in his image to love on and and to be with and to spend time with and and to bless. When he created Adam, he put him in the garden. He gave him a purpose. God created you because he loves you. How many people love eating? Show of hands. Come on, all y'all should be eating. How many love traveling? Right, how many like going to the movies? All that's good stuff. You know, you, you love doing all those things, but there's something wrong with you if you love doing all those things more than the people that you do love. Do you love doing all those things more than the people that you have in your life? No, right. No, you love the people more than the things. And how many of us know that it's even better to do those things when you do them with the people that you love? And and so the Bible teaches that God is omnipresent. God is everywhere all the time at the same time. And it says this here in Psalm 139, verse 7. The psalmist said, I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. So the psalmist said, God, everywhere I go, you are. You're at home. You're in the restaurant. You're at the movies. You're in the shopping center. You're in the bathroom. Everywhere I go, your presence is with me. I can't get away with you. God God chooses to be omnipresent. He chooses to be in our lives because he wants to. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor? I'm broken. Yes, God is with you. You know, the me from Friday night, yes, God is with you. The me through COVID, the 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 faithless me, the, the me that doesn't believe, the me that hasn't been praying, the me that has not been in my Bible. Yes, God is still with you. He he loves being with you. He loves every detail about who you are. He he loves you with an unfailing love. And and, 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 and and so these these people who were in Hebrews 11, as they went through their challenges and through their hard times and through their doubts and through their brokenness, they had to ground their faith on something, and each of them tapped into the truth that God loved them, and he was always with them, and he always wanted to be with them. And it says this in Joshua 1, as Joshua was going into the promised land with the children of Christ. Israel, this is what God said. He says, I've commanded you to be strong and brave. Be strong and brave in this season. Lift your head up. Get your hopes high. Pray big prayers. Be strong and brave. Don't get weak in the knees. Strengthen up. Stand up. He said, be strong and brave. Don't ever be afraid. Don't ever be afraid or discouraged. That's a command from God. Don't ever, don't ever be afraid or discouraged. A lot of times we got to be reminded of that. We all all become afraid. We all get discouraged. He said, but don't ever be afraid or discouraged. Here it is. I am the Lord, your God, and I will be there to help you everywhere you go. He said, anywhere you go, that's where I am. I'm helping you. It may not feel like it, but I'm there. It feels like I've forgotten about you, but I'm present. You may feel weak, but it's me who's holding you up. You may feel like you're out of resource, but I'm still going to feed you. I'm still going to provide for you. I'm still going to heal you. I'm still going to come through. Uh, Come on, let's take a praise break real quick. If you know that God is everywhere, everywhere, everywhere that you are, he's everywhere and he chooses to be. God is in that car. He's he's in that kitchen. He's he's in that room with you right now as you're doing laundry and you're listening to this to this message, he's, he's right there, he's right there with you, so God's love for us is a place where, where our faith can, can, can settle, it can settle right there, he loves you, he loves you, what, what is faith, let's go ahead and define this again, faith is a lot of different things, but go ahead and write this down, faith is the belief, it, it's, it's the capacity to believe that God can do anything in your life, it's the capacity to believe that God can do anything in your life, and I w- I would go as far as saying this: that He wants to do anything. It's the capacity to believe. Add that in there: that He wants to do the impossible in your life. And, and so, like we said last week, faith can't just be some some thing in the air that you reach for, or it can't be this this mental ascent of theology, or it can't it can't be an intangible. Faith has to be tangible and you got to be able to ground it on something. And, and I don't know about you. There are people in my life that I love, but I, I just can't be around for too long. But, 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 but how many of us know that we've done things to deject and reject the presence of God from our lives, but yet, and still, he still chooses to be with us every second, every moment, every minute of the day. And so I may reject God, but he never rejects me. And so now I know I can place my faith on God and on come on, put your hands together on his love for my life. There's nothing that I can do to push him away. You can't push God away. He loves you too much. The second thing that they had to ground their faith on and their belief was God's salvation, God's (laughs) salvation. As with any relationship, things get rocky. Um, our relationships with each other, our relationship with God, it gets rocky. And it's not on him, it's on us. Kind of just talked about that there a moment ago. And um, th- this, all of this is because of sin. Uh, the reason why, uh, I don't know if you heard the news, law enforcement found some almost 40 kids in Georgia caught up in a, a trafficking kind of deal. The reason that is is because of sin. Right, right. Uh, the reason why America can be so great yet so divided is, is because of sin. Um, it, it's, all, it's all sin. There's nothing else to it. It's, it's sin. And the word sin, go ahead and write this down, means to miss the mark. It's an archery term, and it means to, to miss the mark. So if you're shooting straight but you end up hitting sideways, you, you miss the mark. We, we, what? we misunderstand each other. We misconstrue what what we mean we, yeah. we 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 miss we miss we miss we and, miss and the Bible teaches that we have all inherited a sin nature a sin nature so when, when Adam and Eve first disobeyed God that 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 introduced a sin nature into into the, the human the human experience and so we've all inherited if you have kids you know right. that they're a sin nature. Around three to five or six, they start to do something called lie. <laughs> Around the same age, they go into a store and they put something in their pocket. And before you know it, they, you know about it. They pull it out and they start to eat it. And you're like, I didn't pay for that. How did you do that? No one taught you to steal. As a matter of fact, we teach against stealing in this house. You don't have to teach us how to sin. As a matter of fact, we get creative with our sin. We get good with our sin. We get creative in our thoughts. We get good with our planning. We get real creative with it, and, and, and that's a life of, of missing, missing the mark. As a matter of fact, if you miss anything too many times, what it does is it creates a separation. you got to follow me now. It creates a separation. If you miss work too many times, you won't have that job. If you don't study enough, you will fail. If you miss school too many times, they will expel you. If you miss anything too much, you will be separated. Right. You'll, 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 be, you'll be separated. And so the Bible says this in Romans 6, 23. It says, for the wages of sin is death. The wages of sin is death. You remember in the garden when Adam and Eve, they did that thing. And, and, and Satan told them, you won't surely die if you eat. And, and God said, you will surely die. Satan said, you won't surely die. And and so they ate the fruit. And the first thing that happened is God pushed them out of the garden. The garden represented all of God's provision. His love made manifest through through fruit and through the animals and through the air and through the clean water. They were in the, the will of God, the good, pleasing and perfect will of God. And when they sinned, they got kicked out. They were at that point separated from God's best. So let, let's, let's go ahead and break this verse down. Go ahead and write this down. The repayment of missing the mark is separation from God's best. The repayment of missing or for missing the mark is separation from God's best. That's, the, that's what Romans 6.23 is. Romans 6.23. And we've, we've all missed that mark. Let me break it down here. Um, that this exists, number one, in the physical realm, and it exists in the spiritual realm. So, in the physical realm, if if you if you don't budget well, <laughs> that's missing the mark. You're not going to experience God's best in your finances. Right, right. If there is a level of miscommunication in any relationship, platonic, marriage. Um, co-worker, boss, supervisor, teacher, student. If there is a breakdown in communication in any relationship, you're going to miss experiencing God's best in that relationship. Why? Because because sin produces separation. Missing the mark produces separation. That word there in Romans, death is separation. So so in the physical realm. So this is the worst kind of separation is when we die. So that's when the soul, that's when the soul of someone is separated from the spirit of God or, or that's the spiritual death. I'm sorry. The physical death is when the soul leaves the body. I want to break this down to you. You are a soul with a body. Your, your, your body is just a case. It, it doesn't live forever. It was meant to live forever. I'll get to that in a minute. But your, your body is, is just a temple of God's spirit and of your soul. And, and, and so when, when we die, we're separated. So this is why when Adam and Eve bit the fruit, God said, I need to put an angel in front of the tree of life. Because mm-hmm. if they eat of that tree, they'll live in this state forever. We would not be able to, our souls would not be able to get set free Because there's going to be a resurrection where your soul meets your body and you come back into your body and the body that you're in will be made perfect. So you were never meant to die. Adam and Eve, when they were in the garden, they were eating from the tree of life. We were always meant to be on this earth forever. But God said, I got to separate them so that they don't get. Come on. Could you think about it? Migraine headaches and bills, paralysis, war, being broke relational issues. Could you imagine living for a thousand years and having like 250 divorces under your belt? Could you imagine that stress? Do you see the love of God in that? So, okay, even though you sinned, I got to get you away from the tree of life because if you bite of it, you'll be stuck in this state. So in his love, he put an angel in front of the tree and he said, go ahead. I got to send a Messiah at the right time. And so, and so, and so, no, no, whoa, 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 we're still building. We're still building. So, so, so when you die, your soul is separated from your body. So put it to you this way. You are, you are a spiritual being having a human experience. Th- this is why the most important aspect of your life is spiritual. You're not a human being having a spiritual experience. I got to go and get my palm red. I got to go see the psychic. I got to do my yoga. I got to do my Buddha. I got to do my No, 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 no. You, you don't have to. You, you're already a soul. So when Christ came, that's why he came to save the soul. If we get the soul saved, if we get the soul healthy, if we get the soul fed by truth and by the word of God, if we get the soul fed by the bread of life, if we get that soul right, the outside will be better so so you are a spiritual being having a human experience and and then and then and then spiritual death or or separation is when someone's soul is separated from God who is the source of life that is what you call hell God's presence is not in hell and so we were um we had traveled to Texas a few months back, and um, I took Judah to, to the pool in our hotel, and uh, I think his mom went working out. She's probably doing some Peloton or something, mm-hmm. doing your thing. And, um, and yeah, so I, we were having a great time, and he's just learning how to swim right now. So, well, he's, he's actually doing better than, it only took him a month to really advance, but it was pretty cool. He was on the stairs at this point. You know how the kids they swim on the stairs, they play on the stairs they swing on the rail and right, okay he's safe. I need to get out and check my phone to see if you text me or if, if there's anything so I get out the pool I mean my, I'm looking at him the whole time I don't take my get my phone for a split second. okay, she didn't text me and I pat my hands to grab my towel and to, and to just wipe my face for, for just a second CJ just a second wipe my face. And I look back over at him, and he's in the water like this. And, and, child, it ain't funny. And he's in the water like this. Child's laughing. My kid's about to drown. Oh, my God. I'm going to have to revoke your ordination. <laughs> and so what he's doing is <laughs> he went down to that last step. I don't know how in the world he got there, how quick he got there. And he was trying to get up on that last step, but he kept missing the step. He kept missing the step. And as soon as I saw it, I just jumped in. He, he was drowning. I jumped in. I jumped in. I put him on my lap. And he said, oh, my God, Dad. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I was trying to, was trying to call for help. Oh, my God. I said, you're okay. I got you. The thing is, is that throughout the course of human history, man has been drowning wow. in brokenness, in addiction, in sin. We have been drowning. And at just the right time, God jumped in, is what the Bible teaches. God, God jumped. As a matter of fact, it says in Galatians four four, it says that here, it says, "But when the when the right time came, God sent His Son, born of a woman, subject to the law." So it's a lot going on here. When the right time came, he 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 told he told the serpent in the garden, he said, "You're gonna." You're going to bruise his heel, but he's going to crush your head. So before Jesus went to the cross, he was beaten viciously. I don't have time to break all that down. He bruised Jesus's heel. Jesus went in the grave and when he resurrected, he crushed the serpent's head. Because the Bible says that the power of the enemy is sin and death. So when he defeated sin and when he got up from the grave, he crushed Satan's head. And that's why God tells you never to be afraid. And so, but when the right time it came, he sent his son born of a woman. He had to be born of a woman because any man up until that point that was born of a woman or woman had been a sinner. And it says this here, subject to the law. Now let's go back to sin. What is the mark that we miss? We miss the mark of the law. There are over 600 laws in your Old Testament Bible that every single day you and I break. So he had to be born in the flesh and he had to be subject to the law that we could not fulfill. And I love this even the more it says this here in Second Corinthians 519 for God was in Christ. What did we say earlier When, when my baby was trying to, you know, when he almost drowned, God jumped in. For God was in Christ. God was So Jesus was the full embodiment of God, Every, all of God. The Father, God, the Son, God, the Holy Spirit was in Jesus Christ. And what was he doing when he was on the earth? He was reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. So let's break this down. This word reconciliation or reconciling is he was restoring you back to himself. Restoring. Ain't nobody that Christian. Ain't nobody that holy. You, you can sit, look at me with that religious face all you want. You are not that good. I am not that good. We need salvation. We need forgiveness. We need love. We are not that good. We're just not. And so he was restoring. How was he doing that? Well, well, he was taking his righteousness and he was putting it on us. And he was taking our brokenness and our sin and he was putting it on himself. So Jesus would walk up to a prostitute. He'd meet her. And he'd say, I'm the prostitute. You're a daughter of God. And that's how he would treat her. This is why the woman in John 8, who was caught in adultery. He would say, no, I'm the adulterer. You're a daughter of God. Now go and sin no more. Because he knew he was not an adulterer. So if it got on him, whatever was on you would just dissolve and cancel anyway, because he is holy. He is everything that we are not. So he has the capacity to take it on. Reconciling, bringing us back to God, not, not counting our sins against us. He'll say, no, I'm a drunkard. You're a son of God. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's him. And it says this here, John 3, 16 through 18, the message. I love how Eugene Peterson puts it. He says, this is how much God loved the world. I can put my faith in that. He gave his son, his one and only son, and this is why. So that no one needs to be destroyed. So that no one needs to be separated from God. By believing in him, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. This is the way I see it. You can have an okay life. You can have a good life. You can have a great life. You can have the best life. Jesus came so that you could have the best life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger and telling the world how bad it was. He came to help put the world right again. Anyone who trusts in Him is acquitted. And any anyone who trusts in Him is acquitted. Anyone is acquitted. The liar is acquitted. The divorcee is acquitted. The adulterer is acquitted. The fornicator is acquitted. The stiller is acquitted. Okay, I'll go to the holy people, the church people who won't serve in the local church. You need to be serving. You're quit. Okay, it's getting quiet now. Put your hands together for that. That's true. That's true. You're acquitted. I can't do a holy church, Rhoda. I can't do it. I like to keep it real. You're acquitted. You're acquitted. You're acquitted. And then it says this here. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Go back to that. It says It says this. Let's go here. Son trouble of sending his son he didn't he didn't do it to merely point an accusing finger telling the world of how bad it was he came to help wow. to put the world right again anyone who trusts in him is acquitted ask yourself this ask yourself this who do i love the most or or maybe you know it's, it's a couple in that same level it's mom dad kids who, who do i love the most Now ask yourself this, would I give their lives in exchange so that the rest of the world could have an opportunity to live forever? Would I exchange their lives so that the rest of the world could have an opportunity to live forever? And the answer to my question is no, you wouldn't, nor would I. that's what God did he said son I love you but they're lost and I can't stand the fact that they're separated from me they're broken they've made so many bad decisions and they need a way out they need help they need strength they need vision and he said son you gotta go you have to do this, son. And the son looked at the father and said, it'd be my pleasure. And God sent him because he loved you so much. And, and he didn't offend one of the laws. He came, he taught us He healed us. He raised us up. He gave us a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth chance. I don't know about you, but that's a God that I can place all, all, all of my faith in, all of my trust in, all of my life in. Lord, it it is yours. It is all yours. That's a God that deserves it all. That's a God that deserves it all. And so go ahead and write this down. Faith is trust in God based on a personal relationship with God. Faith is trust in God based on a personal relationship with God. That's really what it is. It's trusting in a person. Not not. Not this air being that we can't see. Not this cosmic killjoy guy that, man, if I trust God, he's just going to kill all my fun. No, no, no. This is a God who loves you, who created you, who, who's redeemed you. And um, Jude, Judah, we just got him into private school, and we thought his uh, first week was going to be last week. And he gets sick on Monday. We have Monday off, and we're going to send him to school Tuesday. He gets sick on Monday. And um, there's only one person I trust in this season to, to keep him when he's sick. And, and that's his mother. That's his mother. He's, she's my wife. She's his mother. She's a nurse. She's my lover. I, I'll trust the thing I value the most in the hands of the person that I trust the most. What do you value the most? Put it in the hands of God. If it's your money, cool. If it's your kids, cool. If it's your soul, cool. If it's all of that, cool. I just want to let you know that you can trust God with it. If it's the current season that you're struggling with, you can trust God. With, You can trust God with it. He's with you. And he loves you. He saved you. I want to give you three quick points of encouragement. Number one, God cares about every detail of your life. Now that we have something we can stand on, his love and his salvation, well, you know, God cares about every detail of your life. He doesn't miss a thing. He's working in it all. All of it. The Bible says in Matthew 10, it was Jesus. He said that he he knows the number of hairs on your head. Goes as far as saying, for any reason that you you may or may not have hair, and there, there are reasons for that. I don't want to be too. I don't want to be funny about that. He knows the number of hairs on your body. That's that's how detailed God is. Number two, is that God has gone before you. You can trust that as you live by faith. God has gone before you. I'll be honest. I'm in a season where I know I'm preaching it, but I have to believe that now more than ever. There are so many unknowns in this season as a father, as a pastor, as a leader, as as it's just. But I have to trust that God has gone before me and I, I got to keep holding on to him by faith. And the third thing is, is this, is that your faith activates his faithfulness. Your faith activates his faithfulness. I love Romans eight thirty two. It says, Since he did not spare his own son. But gave him up for us all. Won't he also give us everything else? Since he did not spare Jesus, won't he also give you everything else? You got to trust him. And don't let go of the trust. I tell people all the time don't put an expiration date on your faith. There's nothing that God will withhold from you. Just got to trust Him. Let's put our hands together for the Word of God. Come on, come on, come on. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. Right now, I want to introduce you to and lead you into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Maybe you were raised in the church. I don't know your spiritual background, but we just learned that he came to fulfill the law. He came to live a life that you could not live. And out of his love, he he brought you back to God. And all it takes is a response, a response in faith. So what we're going to do is we're going to bow our heads. Let's, let's kill all distraction. Let's bow our heads. Let's close our eyes. And we're going to pray. We're going to pray this prayer of faith. And I'm going to have you raise your hand if this is your first time coming to Jesus. I'm going to pray. Come on, let's pray together. Father God, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for your grace and your forgiveness. We thank you that all things are possible to those who believe. Lord Jesus, we're coming to you and we're opening our hearts. We're giving you our lives. And we ask, Lord, that you would forgive us for our sins. Thank you for your blood that was shed on the cross. Thank you for the gift of your spirit. Lord, give us the strength and grace to follow you and to serve you all the days of our life. God, we are yours. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I want to encourage you that if you made that decision to come to Jesus, to give your life to Jesus, that we want to meet you outside and we want to connect with you. We love you with an unfailing love. Have an amazing week. Take care, guys.